and with Team Canada popping right now, bro. Um, yes. We're gonna have a really busy summer. What are you looking forward to most? Do you do you know anything about the schedule yet, or we just found out the roster that that Shay and Dort are gonna be there on Team Canada? Well, that's all I know at this moment. Um, obviously, as time goes on and, and things get closer to happening, we're gonna come back and we're gonna be talking about that more. Um, but man, I, I can tell you is when I saw that Dort was on that, I, I was pretty sure that that Shea was going to make that team. Let's just be honest. Shea is one of the best, if not the best guard in the league right now. Um, and to me, I if he didn't make it, I would have been pissed. But whatever. I'm glad he did. Dort wasn't necessarily a surprise to me because of how meaningful he is to Team Canada. But there's so many other good guards for Team Canada. Mwani. You know? What's up, Mwani? Um, so for me, I, I just I, I struggled at saying, yes, Dort's got it locked in because, you know, Jamal Murray... Um, Nikhil Walker, Alexander is great too. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm sure I'm missing a big name. Oh, um, um, the the untalkable one from um, Houston, uh, Dylan Brooks. He's there too. So they have a really good, solid team. I just didn't know, you know, like if Dort was going to be able to pull that off. So the fact is that we get to watch two guys in there really is exciting because it reminds me of the last time that we had a rebuild going on. It was 2010, I believe. Um, the Olympics and uh, well, not the Olympics, the um, FIBA. FIBA World Cup, whatever. Yeah, before they called it FIBA, it was just like the yeah, World Cup. The World Cup. So you had Dort, you had Ru or Dort, you had uh, Durant, Russ, and Harden all on the same team. And to me, like it, it's very, it's similar to that in the aspect that we're going to be able to watch different teams this year and have a bunch of people we can get excited about. But it's really for the next couple of years that we're going to be able to watch almost every single game with a player to be able to cheer about. That's what's so crazy about this is because we're picking players from countries that have incredibly deep rosters that to me, it just shows you that like the, the, the level of knowledge and IQ that these guys are coming into our program that they have and they're going out and they're dominating the world cup. And that's exactly what we want to see, man. Exciting shit. For sure, dude. Um, I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. You guys are joining us. Phantom, you are so right. Lou Dort, slander needs to stop. Best defender in the league. Alessandra, what's up, man? We appreciate you, man. Hell yeah, dude. Just tweeted Thank us you. about the NBA Cup. Hell yeah. Thank you, Alessandra. We love you, man. We'll, um, we'll look on that in a second. For sure. Dude, we're, we're psyched, obviously, man. We got that summer league game coming up in a couple of minutes, which is just like, to me, this is what we live for, right? We get it. A little bit more summer league, and then it's off. So mm. then we're into that the worst part of the season, where yeah. between summer league and training camp, where it's really slow. And you know we were anticipating a little bit of slowness, but then all of a sudden, um, the whole Brittany thing happened, and 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 Victor and and his homies are now coming at us. So I think we're gonna have a lot of fun this summer, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, man. I you know at first when I found out that that podcaster went on there and started throwing us um, some very um, mixed compliments um i was i was a little i was a little taken back i was a little like feeling hurt you know like the fact that somebody would go at us like this but the reality is is that we did pick on his his very perfect little player and the reality was is that picked on if their you guys man. can go back you guys can see the comments it's it's not like we've said much more than we believe that victor is just a little bitch i mean like that's what we're saying i mean he's a sensitive little bitch there's nothing else that we're saying about stuff like that and yet the san antonio fans feel like they have to defend him and i'm cool so cool with that because the reality is is that san antonio 
is no longer the top dog in the West. And guess what all their fans are doing? Acting like they're top dogs in the West. So for me, this is kind of like cool to be able to sit back and be like, the joke's on you guys. Dude, it's it's funny because we've had a lot of Spurs fans coming at us telling us that we've been out of the playoffs for 10 years. Like, they clearly don't know what they're talking about. So it's a lot of fun to kind of pick at them because, like, a lot of ignorance and intentional ignorance is, is always enjoyable. Um, but one thing that we look at when we look at the totality of what is going on with the Thunder, it, like we already mentioned Shea and Dort. Giddy is going to be playing with the Boomers. Um, we've got this depth. We've got J-Dub, who should be playing Team USA. Um, we've got, got this Chet, thing. Team USA. Chet, right. For the in, future. I mean, this right. is what I'm saying, guys. Like, we, we could have eight, nine guys in the World Cup or the Olympics and, that we're cheering for. And their entire argument comes Mischich. down to... Right. They think that... Poku? That, they're, that Victor, okay, is like Michael Jordan, and Chet is like Devin Vassell. Like, that's what they said. <laughs> And they're, and they're just saying, that, like, and then they think that there's something wrong with us for standing up and saying, actually, we think Chet's a better player because, like, the measurables are very comparable, but what you can't measure inside, Chet has them in spades. Sure. Right? And that's it, man. That's it. And that's why, to us, you know, we, we said something because, like, we got so sick and tired of set, hearing negative things about Chet only to boost right. up their player. And and right. to me like there's no there's no reason for it. So people are like, well there's no reason for you guys attacking the Spurs. Well, there is. All you got to do is just take time to go look back at some of the things that have been said about Chet. That fact that there was Spurs fans laughing when Chet got injured on the LeBron James um um play. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because they thought we all like made the Sam Presti mistake. Right. They think he's trash, and that's what it all comes back down to is that Sam Presti wasn't good enough for the San Antonio Spurs program. Thus, he left to a poorer program, and that's us. We're the poor organization in their minds. Yes, And that's what's so frustrating about it. Like, we're better than that. We are better. We are Oklahoma City Thunder um, team. We are Oklahoma City Thunder fans. Like, it doesn't – like, a poor man's game, a poor man's organization, like – what like I again? They call us I don't want to get stuck franchise. on them dictating how our podcast goes every single podcast, but I right. do want to highlight the fact is is that when we're talking about the rebuild process, there's no better, there is no better person than to have on your side than Sam Presti. And Period. when we could say anything we want, but San Antonio fucked up when they let him walk. They fucked up when they let him walk with a uh, an ex-owner and Clay Bennett and Clay Bennett and Sam Presti were able to build this together. You know, we've been very adamant that we've we've met um, um, we've met um, Leinergan, who is an owner uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. We've we've participated in meetings. We've known the San Antonio Sport, Spurs program way longer than the Oklahoma City Thunder have have existed for. So for me. I understand what they're saying, but when push comes to shove, their five championships they've won in the last 20 years is impressive. Or 22 years, whatever, is impressive, okay? But the fact is, is that that was then, okay? That was then, you right, know? Just like, just, like, just like Phil Jackson, he won six, right? right? And then he took a break, and then he won some more. I am, I am saying this right now, is that there is no break, <laughs> There's no break for Popovich. It, it, it's This is what it's going to be like. He's going to be in this position of trying to rebuild this team around Victor. 
and making sure that Victor is not going to be good enough to take them out of a top seven position in the draft. He has to do that. Why? To protect his organization. And is Popovich going to inhibit that from happening because of his way that he has to be intense, the way that he has to have things his way? I mean, he's the coach and the president. Right. So for me, I look at that and saying, when you have an old senile man, that's whether it's the pulpit, whether it's an office, whether it's a coach, and they sit there and they're trying to change things and do things the way they want because it's their way or the highway, there's only a certain amount of kids that are kids right. that are old enough to be their grandkids that can handle that. Right. And Phantom, I get what you're saying, but like, like legitimately, one of the arguments the Spurs fans make is that Sam Presti has done nothing other than lift our team to a top five winning percentage in all sports during the time he's been there. No, minus that, minus that, he's done nothing. Oh, except for draft three MVPs in a row. But any, like they said, anybody could have done that, except nobody's ever done that before or since. But anybody could have done that, yeah. right? And it's just, they sit there and they they come in, they go, wham, wham, at us. They say, Presti sucks, the Thunder of Poverty franchise, Chet is terrible. And like as far as Chet versus Wemby, it's what I want to say. Like if you watch the Spurs play, right? And a lot of people are making a big deal that I said I missed the game because I was on a date with my wife. But whatever. Like if you miss, like if you watch the Spurs play, Wemby touches the ball every time down the court. It seems like to me, Dave, like they run all the plays for him, so he does it. And then you watch Chet play; they call no plays for him. Chet it's, goes it's, out there and puts up twenty five of- and twelve. Wemby puts up twenty six, and they're like, "Oh hell, Wemby!" But 27. no plays call for Chet. But that's my point is that there's two different types of players in the modern-day NBA and the old-school NBA. The old-school NBA, it's isolation. It's brute strength. It's um, my best player versus your best player, right? The new NBA is all about team-oriented atmosphere. It's my team versus your team. Like, Shea says to... um, was it Durant that was talking trash to him? And Shea goes, uh, doesn't say, I'm going to guard you, Durant. You know, Durant's like, I want you to guard me. And, Dur- and Shea doesn't say, I'm going to guard you. He says, no, I'm going to stick my rook on you. I'm going to stick my rook on you. All right. Why does he say something like that? Because he's a team player. And then you look in the organization and you look at how we run our offense. It's, it's team-oriented offense. We're not sitting there saying mismatch against Chet. We know the ball is going to get through Chet. So there's no reason to call the isolation for Chet because we just have to run our offense the way it's supposed to be, and we'll find him. And that's what's so powerful is that they are going and seeking out Victor. They are going out and seeking out to get him the ball, where Chet is just part of the offense. And when you can say, oh, well, Victor could score 25 points as just part of the offense, prove it. When has he done that? You know, like he's always been the headliner of the offense. So thus, he's always going to act like that. That his is in his instinction. That is in his blood. He's always going to act like that. That's something you cannot not teach somebody. Is hey, be a team player. Pass the ball to the open guys. Like I said, Victor so Robert. didn't have a single assist. And you know what San Antonio's fans said? They said it's because the guys didn't hit the shots. Well, if you place the ball in the place that these guys want to get the ball, you spend time getting to know your players and giving them the ball where they want to go and where they want to be, like Chet does. He sees a guy that's wide open. What does he do? He flings it half court or all the way the cross court gets it to the guy. Why? Because he's wide open. You can say, oh, yeah, yeah, Victor gets the ball and he passes it quickly. Sure. Or he takes a move quickly or with this. But if you're looking inside the, the, the offense that we run and the defense we run, would you rather Vic or Chet on your team? 
And that's what our argument all comes down to. Would you rather Victor or Chet on this Oklahoma City Thunder team? And I got to say this. If it was we had the first pick of the 2023 draft and both Chet and Victor were in this draft, without hesitation, I would say Sam Presti picks Chet 100% of the time. Boom. I agree. And you got to give Phantom a lot of credit right now. Um, Sam Presti also drafted Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. Well, right, he didn't say Manu there. He said Tony Parker. Um, but I've heard other people mention Manu. I'm That one's a little bit new to me. But I remember that, that the story about Tony Parker. That was, Dude, this is, again, look at Matthew, right? This is what Spurs fans do. They make excuses when you come up with great points. There's yeah. no proof. Like, Next thing you know, didn't practice one, with two, a summer three, league, four, y'all. Like, how does cares? a Spurs fan talk to a Lakers fan when they can't just say we have five championships? No, how does a Spurs fan talk to um? <laughs> Can't man. The Spurs have nothing else. They have nothing else on what the the no. Chicago Bulls on. Dude, I mean, it's just like the sit, Spurs fans will sit there and Boston, be like, um, "Come on, guys. we have no supporting cast. Like our team isn't deep. They don't. They honestly don't know how good Shea is. They don't know who Giddy is. Yeah. They don't know about Lou Dort. They, they don't like, know about J Dub. And I and I get it, dude. That's they their just problem. don't spend time. They don't spend time to get to know the rest of the NBA and the rest of the players. We get to know the players because we scout every single player that comes to the NBA almost. Like we spend time that's watching right, their film, watching their video. Like that's what we do. Like these other guys, I, I get it. They want to have something to say, especially like this douchebag named Matthew. He's got something to say, but the reality is he's never spent the time to sit down and scout a player. He's never spent the time to put into an NBA player. Do you know, Matthew, just so you know, that both Mark and I have um, impacted and taught um, and um, done all that stuff, played with NBA players. We've taught NBA, we've coached NBA players. Like we do this stuff. And then all of a sudden you guys are like, oh, yeah. okay. Every single thing that Blake Griffin knows, guys, Dave, every single thing Blake Griffin knows, he knows because of me. All right. Slow down. You can't claim that. All right. When he was a seventh grade, bro, come on, man. Okay. When, when he was in seventh grade, grade and I started teaching him how to post up, I started teaching him how to rebound. When I started teaching him how to do all that other stuff. And what did he say? He said, what? I want to be a guard. That's what Blake said to me. I want to be a guard. Now I get it. At that time in seventh grade, a guard looks really sexy, but I spent the time with him and his dad paid me for that mentorship so that I would teach him how to love the post. And that is simple. And I can say, oh, well, you know, yes, say what you want. But when you teach somebody how to love the post, you teach them everything about the game. I gave one person credit for the way I, I, I play my game. One person. Who's that, Mark? Andrew Havens. Andrew Havens. Why? Because he, taught, he me the post. taught me how to love the game. And as much as you want to say Blake Griffin will, Blake Griffin will never say that Dave Flat taught him how to um, play the game. I taught him how to love the post. That is simple. If you want to say that that's not enough for an NBA player, that's fine, okay. But when you teach a, a true double double guy for a decade of his career in the NBA how to rebound, how to have post moves, how to work on his jumping abilities by doing different um, workouts, like this comes down to it. And I think when we're sitting here and we're saying. You know, the other guys that we've had impacted of players on the team, whether it's Clan Azabuki or these other guys that we played against throughout our career in coaching, like these are the guys that we sit here and we're like, okay, yeah. Do they know our names? Hell yeah, they know our names. If you walked up to Blake Griffin and he said, You guys remember Dave and Mark Flat? They go, Hell yeah, we remember Dave and Mark Flat. Yo, and that's as simple as that, man. He saw me at a game, bro, and he came up and talked to me. That's what I'm saying. It's like, was the, like there's a different aspect, like, man. It's one thing to see a player like and 
think they might have known you, but it's another thing for them to take the time to come talk to you. And it was pretty cool. And I, and I appreciated him for doing that. But um, and look, here's the deal. Okay. Um, let's, let's focus a little bit more on like what we can control because in the end, like we can't control people's perception of, of Chet, of the thunder. And we're like, when we sit here and we say, we think Chet is better than Victor, that's simply because of like, we're looking at these factors to the game, right? It's, it's not, when I say it's one, one dimensional game, when I talk about players like that, right? It's not a, it's a one dimensional game is their mindset. You know, like how many players do we see that are successful in the playoffs when they have more than just one dimension in their game? And that's what we're talking about. I mean, think about what it took for the, the Nuggets to win. You know, they had the best player in the, in the world. But it wasn't until that supporting cast, including Jamal Murray, yeah. you know, were, were peaking that they were really capable of going for the chips. Like, yeah, man, I, I, I think Jamal Murray misses out on a lot of due credit because if you look at the team and where they were, like the year before, it was basically the same team without Jamal Murray. They win a championship, and yes, Jokic is the best player, but the reason they're a championship team is Jamal Murray. It, depth is everything, bro. Everything, to answer man. your question, it's it's everything. You can have the best player in the world, and you're not a, like an elite team because you don't have depth. Now, how do you build depth? Let's, the new CBA has been something that's like kind of been thrown into the whole rebuild thing of the Thunder and all these other yeah. teams. The most important thing for developing depth is rookie scale contracts where the players are role players, but not regular role players, stars in their role. Yeah. Second round picks who can come in and play heavy minutes, Jay Will style. Okay. Keontae Johnson, we're hoping style. Like like these guys come in, oh, Aaron Wiggins style. Like they play elite basketball. They play incredible minutes. Mm. They take the load off these other guys. And then right? The, the stacking starts happening. Then you get into the first round, the second round, the third round. But like, look, a lot of Spurs fans want to come out at us and say, we've missed the playoffs five of the last 10 seasons. Yeah. Bro, I was like, no, it's dude, it's been crazy. two seasons. Mm-hmm. We had two seasons where we didn't play postseason basketball. But the thing about the Spurs fans is there's no way they would know that without looking it up. It'd be easy to look yeah. up and find out the answer. But yeah. the problem is they haven't cared. I've talked yeah. to so many Spurs fans before we got into this, right? They don't pay attention to basketball when their team isn't contending. And that's fine. You got spoiled. Admit it. You're spoiled. You're spoiled. You don't <laughs> care right. about it. This is how delusional Spurs fans are. Last year was a tank year. Yeah, he said All they right? were. But we have a good team, though. Like, what, what makes this team good? Like, what makes this team a winning, winning team? Like, again, it's just delusion there. Alsombra, right. Second thing, you, Phantom TV. Why you stop uh, coaching and training? Um, the reason is this. I joined the military. I got out of Oklahoma. I found my wife, and I never looked back. I started coaching high school ball um, in um, Augusta, Georgia for a couple of years. Really enjoyed that. Um, both uh, boys and uh, girls varsity I coached. So um, I just I, I decided to, to stick with my family and my kids and coach my children instead of coach other people's children. Um, you know, my daughter uh, is an incredible um, athlete. Um, she's a rower. Um, has been, um, to, uh, uh, um, us Olympic, um, um, camp. So like, that's where I put my effort and energy into these days. That's all I care about. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Look, I get it. Like going in, um, you know, summer, you know, working out with players and that type of stuff. Like, like we did it so many years when we were young, 
that by the time we were like 25, it was like, we can't just do that with our whole lives. Mm. Like if we're going to become complete people, we can't spend all of our time in the gym. Dude, how many coaches do you see that are disconnected from everything else? That's what I didn't want Everyone. in my life. Everyone, Everyone everything. Like if they're good. Yeah. That's why Bob Stoop stepped away. He didn't want to like yeah, miss man. out on his family. Yeah, dude. Like that's what's so important when push comes to shove. Like, like that's why Matthew, I, I look at I mean, I, let's fair, just be honest. It's a lie. You're Popovich lying, can't leave now, bro. You're a liar. Popovich can't leave. Why can't Popovich not stop coaching basketball? It's because he lost the thing that would help him stop coaching basketball. And it breaks my heart that it happened to him. But the reality is, is now his family is the Spurs team. He has no reason to stop. And that's what's what's so problematic with the Spurs team is because this is not the error to keep a old coach in your program. This is an era where every single team is hiring young coaches for young teams. Why is that? It's because they all know what the Spurs don't know. What's that, Dave? You can't rebuild a team with an old-ass coach. It's tried before. It's tried a bit happened before. You cannot do it in the modern NBA. You have to have a coach that's in touch with the players, that's in touch with their feelings, that's in touch with whatever they need to do to become good players. And Popovich is an old-ass man that's angry. And, that's and listen, he, look, he's a military man. And I get it. Like A lot of people think that's good because he's a high-character man. But one of the things that really defines Popovich's tenure with the Spurs is that and the, people, the Spurs will say this is a good thing. They'll even agree with me. Is that he will yell at their stars as much as he yells at the role players. The problem is like I saw Tony Parker, I saw Manu Ginobili, I saw Tim Duncan handle this and they would, and they would get quiet and they handle it. But you know who didn't handle it very well? Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard was like, I'll get the fuck out of here as fast as possible. It doesn't matter what. And, and yeah. to me, I'll pay any price. I'll pay, right. I'll pay $120 million, get paid $120 million less to get so, out of here. So what are you going to do? Is you think pop is going to change who he is? As he approaches 80, hell no. He's going to he's yell at Victor. Down. And watch the joy of the game get sucked out of Victor's eyes. He's the smiliest, most happy first round pick or first number one pick I've ever seen. When you stop seeing him smile, when you see that joy get taken away, you'll know it's because okay. pop. Because of pop. Now, here is what Matthew just said, trying to make his point. All right. And this is why I love what Matthew's point is. And I totally disrespect it in every single context of it. All right. You mean the coach that the players voted that they would want to play for more than any other coach? And listen, listen, then why hasn't anybody done it? They're being nice to him, calling him the greatest coach of our generation. That's being nice, man. That's respect. That's tipping your hat to an old man because they thought it was his last year. Right. Surprise, not his last year. So what do they do? Oh, shit. Now but, all the players are definitely not going to vote for that because if they had an opportunity to go play for Popovich, which I guarantee he's tried to get some of these players, they all see Kwai in the back of their head and saying, if I become a superstar like Kwai, I'm going to get treated like Kwai, and I don't want that from a coach. El Sombra, thank you. You said, um, speaking of Blake, you'd love to see him in Oklahoma City as a vet. I love We'd it. Love to see that a long, a long time. Um, Tommy and Gail, his brother Taylor, um, the, the Griffin Complex the OU, like there's so much that brings Blake to us, that brings Blake to Oklahoma City at the end of his career that would be beautiful. And I don't think he would be seen as a ring chaser if he can't left now from the no. Celtics. Right now he looks like a ring chaser with the Celtics, but if he showed up and helped guide this team into the next generation, um, that would be great. But at the same time, I understand for a player like Blake why you wouldn't want to go back home to play. 
Um, he's always been attracted by the really, really bright lights of LA and, and Boston, New York, and all that stuff. And, and congratulations to him. And finally he's been he's an out incredible there. player. You know, when he was a junior in high school, we I pulled him aside after a game, and I was like, "Listen, man, you got to check yourself because you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of time hurt if you keep trying to dunk on everybody, right?" And he he he's like, "That's not my game, bro." And he went on to prove that it wasn't. He dunked on everybody mm-hmm. for years. For years, and man. I watched him do it in an incredible way. I've never seen an athlete quite like him. We got to see him grow up. We we saw him before he could touch the net, and we saw him go all the way into the man he became. So it would be great to see him go full circle, come back to Oklahoma City and have an impact on the community because he's one of the ones who made it out, right? And that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. And and I, I want to throw this out here too is, you know, um, we had Jared Slate just ask us a question or make a statement. Well, question. Um, here's the thing. I think Gruba and Ty Ty Washington were players that another team wants. I really do. I think another team said, if we make this deal with you, these two young players are two teams that we are players that we are requiring to have. So I think those two guys are going to be added. I think you're going to have Rudy Gay be added to a team. I think there's going to be, we got to go at six places, drop six players. I mean, we've got the players on the team to be able to drop it. It's, it's going to suck. We're going to lose one or two of our young core that we've loved so much. Um, but that's okay because this is what is going to have to happen in orders for us to rebuild and, and, and miss out on all these things that people are saying negative about the Thunder and not being able to keep all these players. Because if we do things properly and we trade players out as things go on and, and, and we feel those guys with you know, cheaper guys, we're going to be able to keep our core together, period. That's what it's about. Like I'm all for any player that we can come in and they'll come in and play their role, understand their role, be a star in their role. Okay. But like, Matthew, anything Mark- that risks keeping this, this core together isn't worth it, right? Answer what Matthew said. No, because you know what? Like... Like it's, it's really not like, that's not even any Thunder fan knows that that's not a real discussion point. So why we're not going to let him dictate what we talk about. We're not, we're not 25 years old is our, is our line, man. Like anybody over 25 years old, we're saying peace out to like, we don't want anybody that's going to mess up our timeline. There's no quick fix to it. There's not, you have to be patient with every single part of a rebuild. If you try to go fast forward, you fuck everything up. And why Sam Presti is not going to go for the, the crazy bait and be like, oh, this player, that player. Is he going to be involved in those trades? Oh, hell yeah. You know why? Because he's going to get a first round pick. He's going to get a nice young asset. He's going to be able to do this or that. That's what Sam Presti is going to be able to do. Yo, and this whole narrative that Matthew's trying to shove down our throat that like Spurs fans don't even hate on Thunder fans. Like there's so many times I've heard like Spurs fans over the last few days say Thunder fans are not qualified to talk about blank or they don't know what they're talking about. Like, Oh, Look, if the Lakers that's Dallas fans-, fans, that's Rockets fans. That's um, I mean, we could go down the list. Everybody says that about us. It's not just the Spurs. And to me that like, we are sitting here saying we've had the fifth winningest record of any team in pro sports since the Thunder have arrived in Oklahoma City. Okay, we understand that we haven't won a championship and we wouldn't we would trade a championship for the fifth winningest record. We would. But at the same time, right, we're in the middle of a rebuild. Right. We like we're not sitting here with regrets. We're looking forward. And every single time we talk to a Spurs fans, all they say is five rings. And we get it. That's that's like your past. And that's what you should be proud of. And we're proud of you for being proud of that. I I was even a fan of what the Spurs were doing when they did it, because I'm a fan of greatness. OK, but at this point, right, Shea Gillis Alexander, Josh Giddy. Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet. That's yeah, it. That's it. That's, that's Listen, the future this of the Jared, NBA. This Jared Slate guy, all right, 
um, or not Jared, I'm sorry, Charlie said, I saw a report um, a month ago that said Sam Presti offered Chet multiple firsts for Wemby. Dude, you're delusional. You're uh, dude, fucked. You're fucked in the brain, I, I bro. Love I love you're it when fucked. people say like, oh, here's a report. Like, you remember the report where um, supposedly, this is a report that came out, that the, the Thunder were looking to trade Shea and Josh Giddy to get Cade Cunningham. And it was- I know. It's it, like, it was like, It was taken as gospel. I'm like, guys, Sam Presti so bad. doesn't work in the ways that we work in. Like, you don't hear about a Sam Presti deal until it's done. Yeah. You don't. No. So, like, just, just stop. Okay, Matthew, I got a question. Giddy for Dame. No. Hell no. And this is why. is because Dame might get us to a championship, one championship, but we're not interested in one championships. So, no. Hell no. That's the thing. It's not even... There's nobody that actually loves the Thunder that would say that. But a lot of people look at it like, hey, you would be a contender right away. You'd be at the top of the upper echelon. But we're not into taking shortcuts. No. We love the journey. We love where we're at. We love the fact that we only made the play-in game. We wanted the playoffs last year. We wanted yep. it bad. We wanted to beat Minnesota. But yeah. like, if you look at that Minnesota game and you see what happened to Shea's face, and you see him get back out there and play, even though he couldn't see out of one of his eyes. And you realize that these are the moments that we will tell our grandchildren about, about this team being up and coming and seizing the moment. Like, we don't want man. shortcuts. We want the pain. We want the trials. We want to That's go right. through the shit, bro. That's right, man. And I love it. Isaiah B. Thunder know how to build from the draft. Period. And I, that's it, man. Like, that's why Sam Presti is, is sticking down. That's why we will not trade picks. That's why we will not go after some some of these assets. Now, there will be a time that Sam Presti might go after a young superstar that so, wants yeah. out. But there will not be a moment that Sam Presti is trading the future of this organization to make us into a contender. He's trading this. If we're trading anything of the future, it's because it's going to put us over the top from a contender to a championship team and that's it and that's why it's 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 consistently looking like anybody that that understands the thunder understand exactly what's happening and this is where we come back to full circle bro like some some people have come at us and said you're terrible journalists <laughs> well i'm a terrible i'm not a journalist there's that i mean we're not journalists bro. we're super fans man we're fans who are brothers who get on here and talk to our best friends about the team that we love that's like, it, man. If you're looking for we, journalism, we go watch CNN. Mark has been on the road with his family all over the United States. The disconnect to be able to have that. My wife has been in the military. We've been on the road for the last 15 years of our life, right? So we haven't had people to watch the games with. That's why this is so important to us. That's why we stand up for this. That's why we love you guys. That's why we and, call it a family. Yeah, it's it's important to us because you guys are our way of expressing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like we sat and spent time and time and time after games on the phone talking to each other until one day Mark was like, we need to come up with our own podcast. Because we don't need to be talking about this by each other without actually putting our voices out there because what we're saying is truth. You know, like we're saying the things that need to be said. We said last year that the Thunder were going to win 40 games and we got laughed out of the gym by Oklahoma City Thunder media, by other teams media laughing at us saying the Oklahoma City Thunder won't even get close to 40 wins. Well, what happened? We won 40 wins. And there's nothing else I can say that will be more um, encouraging to the people that are around us that like we love you guys. Like we want to be um, part of y'all's daily life. And the reason that we do this is so that we can do that. Like we 
spend time with those who matter to us. We, we make time for those who matter to us. And that's why we make time for you guys. Like this is not a profitable business. We're not doing this to get as many thumbs up or likes or uh, memberships. We're doing this because we want to bring you guys something that has been missing in Oklahoma City since the beginning of, of Hoops is a connection to the, your family, a connection to the world, a connection to other Oklahoma City Thunder fans that live everywhere in the world. Dave and I have like obviously been brothers our whole lives, but we've only probably watched five Thunder games t- together in person. And la- um, last year in November, actually, we were in Top Lake two. Erie. Yep. And we watched a, a couple of games together, and we had so much fun. We laughed until we were crying. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, Crazy, how, could we, how could we create an environment where we could share this? And it didn't happen until like after the All-Star break that we started like watching the games with everybody. And it was overwhelming at first. Like We couldn't really talk to each other. And, and eventually, we kind of like figured it out how it was all going to work. And there were a couple of games, West Coast games, where like we couldn't watch them together because they're so late. Yep. And we watched them all alone. And it was like, it was, we felt lonely. Yeah. And that was after a decade of watching games completely alone. We had a couple of games of hanging out and was like, there's something real here. And Mm -hmm. it's impossible to define, but that's why we just said, we call it the worldwide Thunder family because there's like, and you don't have to join as a member. Like you don't need that little green writing, that little star next to your name. Like this is all about you. It doesn't matter. And we we still talk to everybody that comes in the chat, even if we don't like you. Yeah. And this is fans or uh, Thunder fans, Spurs fans. And like, we got to give a quick shout out to Ryan Sheffield. Um, he's one of our last three um, new members. Corey, Corey, I forgot to give you a shout out last time. And my biscuit you. man, my biscuit Blake man, Blake, what's his last name? Caldwell. Caldwell man, dude, I'm serious. I I have nicknames. I like to give nicknames, but you're the biscuit man. You'll always be that biscuit to me. Uh, we love you guys, and you know, as this has gone on, we've had so many people join that we we've had to kind of stop saying everybody's name every time. So what we did was we went on our channel and if you go to our channel homepage, you'll see that we have all of the, our members listed on that homepage. Um, and as new members come in and join us, our goal is to make sure you get shout outs. And that's, that's you, Corey, that's Blake, Dave's biscuit and Ryan. Um, we love you guys and we will continue to do what we do because of this love. That's to us. That's the only thing that matters. This is thing. not about anything else. We don't give a fuck how many people view it. All we care about is how many passionate people feel the same way we do. If we have that, then we win. It, nobody, nobody can throw rocks at us when we are surrounded by the people we love. All right, guys. See you in a couple hours for the game live. Alessandro.